Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. It's great to see you in the house of God. You know, we just did a renovation and the place looks full. Which is both encouraging and a little bit discouraging. Actually, there's nothing discouraging about it. It means God has an incredible plan for this house. Can we pray together? Holy Spirit, I, I welcome you. You're the secret source of this place. God, I thank you for this building. I thank you for the lights. I thank you for the screens. I thank you for all of that. But I thank you that those are simply tools for you to speak to people and through people. So would you take these moments as we gather around the wisdom of your word? And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak and elevate Jesus, elevate the Father. Lord, lift families from from mindsets that would stop them. Minister life, I pray, in the name of Jesus to every person who so, so needs it. Lord, you know every life, every person, every personality. And in Jesus' name, I declare your grace and your blessing, your strength and your purpose flowing in this place from the youngest baby to the oldest, every man, every woman. I declare, Lord God, that men and women are rising up to become all they're called to be. I declare an army is rising. I declare they are alive. I declare that people are coming back to you. I declare real, genuine faith. Lord, I declare, Lord, people are throwing off masks and they're stepping into the fullness of your grace and authentic Christian life. Lord, in Jesus' Name, Lord, let your name be lifted high in this place. Come on, if you believe it, give the Lord a hand clap in the house of God. Praise God. Come on, high five three people and say, this one's for you. Thank you, worship team. Grab your seat. A couple of years ago, I was in uh, New York City for a leadership training day. A good friend of mine had a pastor come and I jumped over to New York City, caught the train, had something different and um, it was a good day. I'm on my way home, jump on the train from the path to Secaucus, Secaucus to Rutherford. Wife calls me up, babe, how long are you going to be? I'm like, I'm going to be home in about 13 minutes. She's like, good. Dinner's going to be ready in about 20. I'm like, that's why your wife number one, like the uh, like A grade. I don't mean there's two and three, by the way. I just want to qualify what I just said. I said that. And I was like, wait, how many wives do I have? And um, anyway, I was looking forward to coming home, eating good food. And uh, the ticket guy comes along. I don't know what his name is. Does anyone know what his name is? The inspector, that's right. The inspector comes along and he's checking tickets and he's, 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 I don't know, doing that little thing. Give me a ticket and he stamps it. He does this. Cool, here's my ticket. He looks at me and says, you're on the wrong train. 
I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm just, I checked it. Checked it, double checked it. Look, that's my train, 453 or whatever it was. He's like, no. I was like, what train am I on? He's like, you're on the, the nonstop to New York State. I was like, hey, no, 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 I'm not. Like, you're wrong. I'm right. Why? Because I didn't want to hear that, you know? I was like, so I'm going to New York State? Like, yes. So I look at him, I'm like, I'm meant to be going to Rutherford. He's like, you ain't going to Rutherford. <laughs> Thankfully, there was another person who he did the same thing I did. He was as dumb as me. <laughs> we talked. So it was late enough at night that when we got to where we were going, um, there was no train back from that place to where I was going. We had to catch a taxi together, like two stupid people jumping in a taxi together, like, yay, we're dumb. It's better when you do dumb stuff together, let's be honest. We do. So we catch this taxi, we catch it, and then it's a every stop back to Rutherford. Four and a half hours later, I get home. Four and a half hours later, um, I didn't intend for that to happen. Intention. Someone say intention. I didn't intend for that to happen. Have you ever said that before? I didn't intend for that to happen. Have you ever said this? How did that happen? Have you ever said this? Didn't you see that coming? Isn't it interesting that we often see that better in other people than we see it in ourselves? Why? Because we evaluate many times our own lives by our own intentions and we evaluate other people's lives by where they're actually going. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 105. It says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and it is a light to my path. You and I are not just doing random disconnected actions. The Bible says and teaches very, very clearly that we are walking a specific path. The psalmist says four different times all throughout the Psalms that there's a right path, there's a wrong path. He says there's an evil path, there's a path of purity. But you and I often don't intend to do or to go where we're going. Let me give you a statement that I think can help us unpack this thought so that you leave this place with something kind of tangible to go, man, how do I really think this through? Let me give you a statement. Your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. Watch this, this is important. Your direction not your intention determines your destination. I intended to go to Rutherford. I actually went to New York State. Cost me four and a half hours of my life, but going the wrong direction can be more painful than that. It can cost you your first marriage. It can cost you 10 years of your life. Going the wrong direction because how many of you know that when you're lost, you're not exactly sure where you got lost? There's a moment where you're like, I think I know where I'm going. There's a moment where you're not sure. And then there's that moment. Have you ever had this moment where you dawn, it dawns on you as you're driving, for instance, I'm now lost. 
So you went from, I think I know where I'm going, where I'm kind of confused where I'm going to, now I'm like, now I'm sure I'm lost. And the only way to get unlost isn't some magic little fairy dust, some little Jesus help me. The only way to get unlost is to get off the direction of the train that you are on. Get off that train. Choose a completely different train and then choose that train. And here's the thing, it might take you months. It might take you years to get to where you really want to go. But guess what? Time's ticking anyway. So you and I need to choose the right direction. Are you with me? Listen to what Proverbs chapter 4 verse 26 says. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Listen to what Proverbs 4.18 says. It says, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun shining ever brighter till the full light of day. Another way to think about this scripture is the path of right living. Not just the path of righteousness, but the path of right living is like the ever morning sun shining brighter till the full light of day. Watch this other scripture. This is so important. Proverbs 23, 19. Listen, my son. Someone say, listen. Listen, my son. Let me stop for a second. How can I go from the wrong path to the right path? How can I go from the wrong train to the right train? Listen, my son. Listen. Wait, listen. You ever, you ever met someone who's uncoachable? If you're a teacher in here, you know that student and they won't learn because they know everything. Have you ever thought that you're that student? Have you ever wondered to yourself, you're like, wait, God is trying to get my attention. God is trying to get me on the right path, but I'm that silly student who thinks he knows everything but doesn't know Jack. Isn't it scary that all of us have been there before? Have you ever done something dumb? Now look at your neighbor and say, I know you have. Just I know, I know you have. Specifically you. You've done it. (laughs) But here's the truth. Don't worry about them. Worry about you. You know, sometimes people come up to me and, like Pastor Anthony, man, I wish my friend was here for that message. They needed it. And I was like, you didn't? You're good, right? You're perfect. When the Lord looks down at heaven, He's like, thank God I've got this one. In, 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 we've been doing relationship series for a long time in our church. We do them every February. There's some of our favorite stuff. But here's the funny thing about relationship series. Everyone thinks we're talking to the person next to them. I'm not talking to the person next to you. I'm talking to you. You imagine if I said this, imagine if I said this, if the train director walked up to me, he's like, you're on the wrong train. And I looked at the person next to me, he's like, he's talking to you. <laughs> Listen, my son, Proverbs 23, verse 19, and be wise and set your heart on the right path. Isn't it true that sometimes we feel like God is going to fix us 
God forgives us. God pours out grace and mercy. God changes literally our spirit from one that's disconnected to him, from one that is alive to him. That is the, the doctrine of salvation. But how many know that he, he's, he's not a genie? He's a father. So when he doesn't fix you, little dust, and you're like, I'm, I'm fixed. Someone called my wife recently, hey, having some challenges in the marriage and so forth. And the truth is that a counselor or a good pastor or a mentor or a coach or a friend or a father or a transformed group leader or something like that, all of those people, they can't fix your relationship problem. They can't just pray for you one time and then you walk home and go, ha ha, babe, babe, come here, come here. I just got prayed for. I'm 100% now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 100%. It's like, it's like, I'm just completely better. No, you were an egghead for five years. And how many of you know it's going to take a while to stop being an egghead? <laughs> no, that's right. Second thought today, when you're lost, you often don't know. When you're lost, you often don't know. Isn't it interesting that we're often better at predicting someone else's future than our own future? Have you ever been at an office scenario, a work environment, someone got fired? The person's like, I had no idea. Everyone else is like, we know. <laughs> what did that mean? It means they didn't see that their laziness and lateness was actually infuriating the boss. Everyone else saw it. They're like, I'm not surprised. I thought he's going to let you go six months ago. I thought he was really gracious to you. You ever met people when they're dating? Like, oh my gosh, they're like the perfect couple. And other people are like, why are they even dating? And then they break up. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm so surprised he broke up with me. And you're like, I'm not surprised. He's been trying to break up with you for six months. It's easy to be blinded by your good intentions instead of clearly seeing the path you're on. When you're lost, you need someone who knows the path. Someone say, we all get lost. Come on, say it again. We all get lost. And then say, especially me. We all get lost and especially me. And here's the thing, when you're lost, it's hard to see it. Just admit it. It's hard to see when you do dumb things. It's hard to see you got stuff in your teeth. Someone's got to tell you. Why do you need the Word of God? It tells you what's in your teeth. Why do you need mentors and friends and pastors and, and fathers and mothers? Why? You need friends because they say, hey, your breath stinks. Do you realize you come across like this? Do you realize the boss is gonna fire you? Do you realize that if you keep going from relationship to relationship to relationship, you're never gonna meet the right one because sometimes the boat leaves. Got quiet there, oh my goodness. Be like, oh. I heard a quote recently on a leadership talk. He said this, that 90% of managers rated themselves in the top 10%. 
That's just funny. I don't care what anyone says. That's funny. 90%. And this is managers. This isn't just regular people. This is the ones who are promoted. 90% of managers rate themselves in the top 10%, which means that we are easily self-deluded. Self-deceived. We don't see it often the way it is. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says this, Many claim to have unfailing love. Talking a big game, right? But a faithful person who can find. Matthew 15 verse 14. If the blind lead the blind, Jesus said this, both will fall into a pit. Why is a blind person leading anyone? He doesn't realize he's blind. He has no idea. He is blind. One of the greatest dangers of the technology culture that you and I live in is that it's easy to follow famous people But I would say this to you, when you choose your heroes, you choose your values. When you choose your heroes, you choose your values. And wherever they are going, you'll start to go. Why? Because they are headed a certain direction. Let me just remind you of this. Your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. You ever met someone coming out of high school? It's like, hey, can't wait to ruin my credit, go bankrupt. It's going to be great. No one intends for that. You never meet someone like, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to like messy breakups. Looking forward to like, you know, ruining my life on drugs. It's going to be awesome. Have you ever met anyone who said that? Why? Because your direction, not your intention, determines your destination how many need to change some destinations see if you want to follow the right path you've got to look at where is your life directed to what train are you on number three today and and this is so important I pray that the the earlier in life you choose this the better it will go for you The earlier in life you choose this one, the better it will go for you. Number three, God has given you the power to choose a divine path. Someone say a divine path. Listen to what Proverbs chapter eight says. I love the book of Proverbs. I've probably read this book more than any other book in the entire Bible. And how many know it's a wisdom book? It speaks about wisdom. It's it's always elevating wisdom it says you and I should seek it. It's, it says you and I should run after it. And then there's this interesting passage of Scripture in Proverbs chapter 8 where wisdom is given a personality of a woman, probably because women, anyway. <laughs> Sometimes they're just more discerning and it's just true. Right? Relationally, often a little bit sharper. Um, that's an insult, it's just what it is. Some man's going to be like, I I don't think you're right. Well, you're probably wrong. (laughs) It says this, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1, does not wisdom call out, does not understanding raise her voice at the highest point along the way where the paths meet. What paths? The paths of life. 
the paths meet. She takes her stand beside the gate leading into the city. The entrance, she cries aloud, to you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. What's the invitation? Wisdom is literally crying out to you and me on the various different paths of life. The book of Proverbs speaks of, of the path of life 31 different times. And it says this, you who are simple, slap your neighbor and say, that's you. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my, my lips and speak what is right. Wisdom is this woman in scripture and there's all these paths and various people walking on these paths and she's on the path and she says, hey, I'm going to show you the right path. It's called the divine path. It's called the path of wisdom. Let me point you to it, Luke 2.52. And Jesus grew in what? And Jesus grew in what? Wisdom and stature and in God and favor with man. Do it again. And Jesus grew in what? And and with God and favor with man. Jesus, from the age of 12 to, to 30, he's 18 years of his life. Here's the summary verse. We know he's a carpenter, 18 years, all we know about his life from 12 to 30 is this verse. Feel the weight of that for the moment. How does God summarize his life over 18 years? This verse. That to me says, wait, stop. This one's important. Are you, are you getting me? See me looking like, I'm not sure this is important. It's just some words. No, the most influential leader, even if you didn't even believe in Jesus, the most influential leader to ever live, and there is 18 years of his life, and the only summation of his life is, he's a carpenter in this verse. And therefore, it says he grew in wisdom, moral awareness, finances, uh, how you work, stature, speaking of his life and his health. It's kind of like you ask a, a parent, hey, how's your son doing? How's your daughter doing? He's like, oh, he's looking good. Does that make sense? And favor with God and favor with men. And if Jesus had to grow in favor with God, how many know that you and I need to grow in favor with God? That's his relationship with his heavenly father. And then Jesus grew in favor with man, which means people liked him. How many know you can have both? If you're going to choose one, choose the favor of God. But you don't have to choose one. How many know if you're just friendly, people like you? It's the mystery unveiled. It's part of the mystery. You know, I've been pastoring a church for more years than I can even imagine now. And here's the thing. All of the prayer requests came in four categories. Pastor, man, I don't feel connected to God. I don't feel I have purpose in my life. I, that's a spiritual thing. I'm anxious. I'm, I'm worried. Uh, that's a spiritual issue. Uh, can you pray for my health? That's a physical issue. Can you, what about my finances and my career? I don't know what I'm doing and, and I'm in debt and different things and that's a financial issue and, and, and I'm having a fight with this person, this person, this person. And every prayer request basically fell into four buckets. And for years I was hearing the same prayer request, same prayer request. And I'm just like, man, they seem to just go in these four areas, these four areas, these four areas. But here's the thing, often what we want God to do is sprinkle change and he says, no, I want you to get off the train you're on 
and I want you to get onto a new train. It's called a path of principle. And guess what? It's going to take you where you want to go, but it does mean you're going to stop. Now, how many of you love to love for people to tell you you need to change? No? I didn't think so. My job is to tell people to change. Think about a preacher for a moment. That's kind of what a preacher does. Stop it. In a nice way. That's what the Word of God does. That's what parents do. That's what teachers do. That's what people do all the time when they actually want the best for you. They walk over to your life and they say, hey, where do you intend to go? And you're like, man, I intend to have a healthy life. Then stop it. You're on the wrong train. I intend to have a marriage that works and family that's blessed. And you're like, then get off this train and get on that train. And others are like, man, I, I mean, no one doesn't want to spend God to eternity with heaven. Like no one wants to just go, hey, I'd rather go to hell. Might be a good time. My friends are going there. No, if you know anything about heaven, trust me, you want to go there. That's the place you're invited. That's the place God wants to spend eternity with everyone. No one's like, ah, oh, just hoping to go to hell. No, there are, everyone's invited to heaven. But how many know that I've heard it said that the path to hell is paved with good intentions. path to hell is paved with good intentions but God says no son I don't just want to spend eternity with you in heaven when you die I want to know you and be your friend now I want to I want to pour out my spirit my love and my grace and my wisdom upon your life man I want to bless your life and I want you to be my image bearer I want you to reflect me whether you're a woman or a man I want you to reflect the image of God are you with me so here's the question as I close today. Here's the question. In the four areas of life, physical, spiritual, relational, financial, are you on the right train? You might have a moment like me, you're just like, yeah, I'm on the right train. I literally told the conductor who works this, I'm not on the wrong train. How many know he was right? When you tell God, God, I'm not on the wrong train, guess who's right? The Lord, the one who created you and made you. It's like, son, you're on the wrong train. Some of you want to be blessed in your finances and a wise person would tell you, you're on the wrong train. Stop. Listen. See, here's the thing. The moment you listen is the moment you can be wise. The moment I listen to the conductor, to the inspector, that's the moment I can be wise or I can literally go, I know better than you. And someone would look at me and go, Anthony, he's an inspector. He knows. Let me just tell young people this. Listen, save yourself some pain, young people. God knows. He knows. 
here's, here's, here's what he'd love to say about your life. Man, there's my son. And he's growing in wisdom and he's growing in stature. He's growing in the favor of God. He's growing in the favor of man. I'm so proud of him. So proud. Here's a sign you might need to, here's a sign you're on the wrong train. In the area of your life you feel lost, that's a good sign, isn't it? Say yeah. In the area of your life you have the most pain, someone say yeah. Here's, here's one of the harder ones. In the area of life you desire least for someone to advise you is probably the area that you need the most advice. Hear me now. The area of your life you desire least for someone to advise you or talk to you about. You ever, you ever had friends of yours that were a couple and they're dating and everyone's like, hey, I'm trying to tell them they're bad for one another and all of a sudden that couple just retreats and doesn't want to talk to anyone anymore? And you're like, what are you doing? In the area of your life that you least desire for me to talk to you about that's the area of your life I got to talk to you about are you catching this think about your health for a second some of you 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 love health you love fitness and all that kind of stuff and cool I'm not talking about vanity I'm talking about energy I'm talking about responsibility um But if you hate like health and all that kind of stuff, let me just say this. Over the last year and a half, surely, unfortunately, the news doesn't tell you. Mainstream media never tells you. What if they said for a year and a half, America, get healthy. Get healthy for a year and a half. Imagine if they were just, their message was get healthy. Then it's not just COVID, but it's heart disease and it's diabetes and it's cancer and it's, and it's depression and it's all kinds of things. But instead, what they do? They're like, hey, do this, get a jab, wear a mask, wash your hands. For a year and a half, it's all you heard. Let me tell you as your pastor, I'm gonna tell you that I think one of the best things you could do for your life is to get healthy. I really am, why? Because that's gonna bless your family. It's gonna bless your thinking. It's gonna bless your energy. It's gonna bless your life. And if sickness comes, you're in the place to actually beat it. So stop, we gotta stop listening to fools who never tell us the right thing. I'm not saying all that information's foolish and I wanna be careful there, but I just wanna say this, get healthy. And you may not wanna hear it, but because you don't wanna hear it, that's why you need to hear it. You, you might be like, Andy, don't ever talk to me about relationships. I don't want to hear the church or the Bible about sexuality. Let me tell you, if that's your attitude, the very thing you need to hear is your Father in heaven who's been watching humanity for thousands of years, knows exactly what goes wrong, knows all the faults, failures, and, and messed up stuff we do, and comes with a heart of love and says, that's not the train you're meant to be on. When it comes to your faith, what train are you on? I believe in Jesus, great. I believed I was on the right train. I wasn't. Which means this, when it comes to your spiritual life, you can kid yourself as well. 
Listen to what Proverbs chapter 12, verse 28 says. In the way of righteousness, there is life. Watch this now. Along that path is immortality. Immortality. Path, immortality. Jesus says, I am the door and I'm the path. And wisdom says, wisdom will always point you to Jesus. Always, or it's not wisdom. How many of you want a divine path? How many believe you can choose a divine path? Listen to me, you can choose a divine path. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favour with God and favour with man. That's the divine path. If you're 18 and here, 19, 20, 21, 22, I hope you get this now. If you get it now, you will bless your, your 20s and your 30s and your 40s. I'm still living in the blessing of I got this when I was 18. I'm still living, 25 years later, I'm living in the blessing that somehow I saw this and it changed my life. I'm like, what? God wants me to be healthy and God wants my finances in order and God wants me to live a life of purpose and meaning and know Him. What? I get to choose that? Yes. Doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your colour of your skin, doesn't matter any of that stuff. You get to choose. I get to choose the divine path. God is asking us, to choose a divine path. And I pray there's a spirit of impartation literally in this church that you'll begin to see different, think different, feel different. Why? God's gonna change some vision in this place. God's gonna change some vision. God's gonna change generations in this place. But it starts with you and me taking responsibility. I'm choosing the path of life. Do you believe it? Come on, give the Lord a shout. Come on, could everyone stand to your feet? I tell the story in the book about my dad who never intended to end his life on the street as an alcoholic, homeless. I can promise you he never intended that. But he chose a path and the path leads you to the destination. But the cool thing is, your past doesn't have to be your excuse. Actually your past, your lessons can be your greatest teachers and so I saw the path of unforgiveness, bitterness, lack of self-control. And I said, I don't choose that one. I choose to follow Jesus. I choose to forgive people. I choose to be a person of self-control. I choose to value and honor my wife. I choose to value and honor my kids. I choose that and I had to keep on choosing it and keep on choosing it. And I just wanna give some of you encouragement today. It's not a quick fix on a Sunday. I chose it, no, choose it and choose it and get on the path and get on the path. And listen, 10 years is gonna come and go anyway. But who you become 10 years from now will be, which train did you get on? 
And let this Aussie preacher just tell you today, listen, if you're on the wrong path of health or finances or your relationships or your your walk with God, get off that train. Get on a new train. God has something for you. Do you believe it? Come on all across this place. Would you close your eyes? Father, I I know in these moments it's easy to be motivated. But I pray that there would literally be an impartation from the power of the Holy Spirit that literally gets in hearts and destinies and minds in this place. That there would be some shifts in this place. That eyes would open where you're on the wrong path. But there would be a greater commitment on the inside to follow the path that Jesus has for us. That divine path. I ask you to strengthen your people and bless your people now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just to release faith in this place and release your own mind and release your own heart. Just quietly just say, Lord, I choose the divine path. Help me become a Luke 2.52 person. Help me, I choose to grow in wisdom, stature, favor with God, favor with man. Thank you, Lord. While eyes are closed all across this place in a moment of prayer, this is such an important moment. The Bible says that He's the door. The Bible says He's the path. It's not enough to to say, I know the door. You have to walk through the door. And you walk through the door by saying, Jesus, I believe in you and I need your forgiveness and I need your grace. The Bible says very, very clearly, behold, I stand the door and knock. If anyone, listen, anyone, anyone, doesn't matter what you've done, how old you are, anyone, 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 male or female, anyone, if anyone hears my voice, and opens the door, the door of their heart. He says, I will come in. I will come in and eat with him. I'll hang out with him. I'll be a friend to him. He'll literally forgive sin. He'll make you a child of the living God. He'll give you purpose and he'll give you meaning for your life. If that's you today, there's two people I wanna pray for, two people I wanna see respond. You've never received Christ. You've never said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Come in. I I, I don't wanna play religion. I want the authentic, real thing I'm asking you to come in change my life that's that's the first one the second one is years ago you walked with God but the lure of everything else lured you away trapped you stuck you friends temptation and perhaps for the last number of years you've been going through the motions but you don't really walk with God those two I want to pray for we're going to pray as a church family out loud 
and especially those two, pray it out loud with me. And then I'm going to ask you at the end of that prayer, you to raise your hand and raise it up high. Come on, let's pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I hear you knocking. I open the door by faith. I need your forgiveness. Help me walk the path you have for me. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace that washes my soul. With eyes closed, if you pray that prayer today, receiving Christ for the first time or saying yes to come back to Christ, all across this place, would you lift your hand? Lift up high. Lift your hand. Lift you up high. Don't be embarrassed. Lift your hand. Lift up high. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up all across this place. Thank you. Thank you. Proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I might have said it before. That's okay. Thank you. So many hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hand down. Father, I pray for every hand, every heart, every life. Lord, let this word bear incredible fruit in this church, in every man and every woman, every family represented. Lord, open blind eyes to see and ears to hear. Fill each man right now. Fill each woman with the power of the Holy Spirit, the life of God, the grace of God, the wisdom of God. I thank you in advance. Come on, if you receive God's Word today, would you give the Lord and the house of God? Come on.